Where do I start? How do I train recall? How long should we work on healing before moving on? Is crate training really that important? We hear these questions all the time and there's one answer that will help with all of them. The complete step-by-step dog training course found at Standing Stone Supply. They break down the what, when, where, and how to train your own dog from eight weeks to one year old. They've got it all laid out for you down to even the daily activity checklist to keep you and your puppy on track. Check out standingstonesupply.com and remember to use code GDIY to save 10%. As someone who constantly travels to new locations out of state to hunt, I have to rely on map scouting before I even get in the truck. Onyx Hunt Maps makes it super easy for me to plan out my trips as well as track my success while on the trip. The offline maps along with the tracking feature and ability to add pictures to my waypoints means I can always reference old trips and hunts to better prepare for the next. When planning your next hunt, be sure to use Onyx to put you and your dog in the best situation you can. Use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20% and know where you stand with Onyx. GDIY profiles are bonus episodes that tell the stories of how your everyday handler got into the gun dog world. You'll hear plenty of examples of what to do as well as what not to do and how they learn from those experiences. These episodes are being put out to tell the honest stories that we as do-it-yourself dog handlers can all relate to. If you think you would be a good fit for a profile episode, please go to gundogyourself.com and complete the contact form and we may get back to you so that you can share your story. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the GDIY Profile presented by Standing Stone Supply. This edition, we are joined with Alex Spitzberg. Alex, how you doing, man? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and start off with what we start off with everybody. Tell everybody where you're calling from, what kind of dog you run, and, and kind of what steered you into that breed. Yeah, uh, I am from Grand Forks, North Dakota. Um, so northeastern part of North Dakota, kind of right out of the Minnesota border. Uh, I have two small, or smaller, yeah, two small monster landers. I got an uh, eight-year-old and then a 10-week-old we just picked up, um, yeah, two weeks ago. Um, so you essentially have two puppies right now then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a glutton for punishment. What made you get one so soon after the first one? Uh, well, my first one's eight years old, eight years. I'm sorry. I thought it was eight months. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, maybe I said that. I didn't mean to, if I did, um, I could have gotten yeah, it yeah, wrong in my head. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just the host of the podcast. That's all I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he's eight. He just turned eight at the end of March. So, um, and honestly, I was uh, probably you know, I was more so planning to wait until he's probably nine or 10 to get another one. I knew I wanted another one. Um, I just wasn't sure how soon I wanted to. Like, he was still hunting really good, and um, I didn't really need another one. Yeah. Uh, but then he kind of got in a, like a freak accident last about a year ago today. Or it was last March where he got just whatever. Um, one of our gates on my fence opened up mm-hmm. like it's what i got two gates and one we use all the time and one is like very sporadic like probably hadn't been touched in two weeks um and i think it just never got fully latched and the wind kicked it open and whatever he got he got loose and then he ended up got get hit by a car oh. uh or by a truck i guess and so i got that call um and so i whatever went the police had picked him up and brought him to the Humane Society. And then uh, they called me. So I ripped, flew over there. I called my dad. Um, so, I, like, growing up, I 
always wanted a dog. Like he was on my Christmas list every single year. And I understand why it never happened. Me, my brother and sister were, um, for my, me and my brother, six years and my sisters are in the middle of us. So we were all very active, like sports and like I played hockey and tennis and golf. And my brother was a big track and cross country. And my sister, um, she was more of like the speech and drama and stuff. So my parents were running all over the place and I definitely understand now, not or why we didn't. Um, but I got him pretty much right when I graduated college, um, eight years ago. And my dad just like, he, he had a dog growing up, but he just like fell in love with this thing. Like <laughs> he, uh, I still work a little bit part-time over at Shields. Uh, I don't know if you know what Shields is. Yeah, man. A lot um, that little uh, outdoor store pretty much. Yeah. 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 So I've worked there since high school. I think I've technically worked. Uh, what has it been? Like 15 years now. All right. Um, and so um, I work very part-time over there. and um, But yeah, it was just a way to, if I ever work on a weekend or something, and, um, my girlfriend's busy or even just home too. My parents will always just come grab him just because they like his company. He's such a chill dog. And so you grew um, up without dogs, and then as soon as you get one, your dad falls falls in love with it, and it says, "Oh, I'll babysit yeah. it for a little while." <laughs> oh yeah, they'll like they say it's like we have our own dog because we could just come get him whenever we just have to pay the vet bills. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, so I called him on the way. It was probably like a. 10 minute drive from my work to there. And so I called him on the way, just told him what happened. He ended up beating me to the, to oh, the yeah. society. He had to. And it. then, uh, so let me ask you yeah. real quick, how, how did they call you? Did you have a tag on the collar or do you yeah. have, have, uh, the, uh, uh, crap. My, my mind just went blank. Uh, microchip microchip. Yeah. I need a cup, another yeah. cup of coffee real quick, but yeah. So did <laughs> yeah. you have a microchip or a ch- uh, tag? So he, he does have a chip, um, and his caller too also has my phone number and everything. And I get so many random phone calls at work that are just like for the company we right. work for that, like I get in the swamp summer, I don't even know how many calls to get a day that are actually like pertaining to work, but you can usually tell like the phones are pretty dang smart, obviously. And a lot of times they'll pop as, as like spam risks. Right. Um, if it is like a random number. And so I, I had two that popped up and at like back to back and I was like, ah, that seems pretty sketchy. So I actually didn't answer it right away. And then I got a Facebook message and, uh, it was just like a random name and it ended up being for the humane society. Um, cause I think it was the police officer that attempted calling, but he wasn't from the area. So uh, okay. the area that, that's crazy. where I was headed with it. I'm like, well, why didn't the cops just call you instead of yeah. taking it to the, uh, that makes more sense now. Okay. Yeah. So I went and got whatever it took probably 20 minutes. I would guess after he got hit to me actually talking to somebody and then I, yeah, I just flew over there and, um, it's kind of scary. Like they, they definitely prepare you for the worst. Like she's like, she first said that, like prepare, prepare for the worst. Oh wow, man. Yeah. And I was like, Holy moly. So I get there and she's like standing outside with his collar in her hand. I'm like, Oh God, like what the heck is going on? Like, um, yeah, you just yeah. <laughs> never know what's going to happen. So I get inside and he's all meds up or on meds. And so he's kind of loopy, but he, he luckily didn't break anything. Like, that was really shocking, but he tweaked his spine pretty bad. Um, 
So yeah, he lost a lot of his hind end function right away. Um, so he pretty much, I had to, I took him to the vet or I had to transport him to the vet from the humane society. Um, and then he looked him over and they kept him overnight. And then I went over there the next day and he's pretty much like, well, he can still move his legs. There's just not a lot of power there. So let's kind of give it a couple of days. Like I'm not going to rush and say like, this ain't going to happen. Like, let's give it a couple of days, let the inflammation go down and kind of see what goes or what happens. Like we have to make sure he like, it's still pass food and everything like that and make sure nothing internally is wrong. And so I towel, I had to towel walk him for God, like a solid month for sure. And then after that first month, we slowly like let it start putting pressure back on it. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, there's a chiropractor about an hour away from us that does or uh vet, sorry, that does chiropractor and acupuncturist for dogs. Yeah. Um, and so I brought him down there. I think he did four trips down there and it was crazy what that did. Like, so you actually like saw just, a noticeable difference after, I guess, what the chiropractor do, like stretch them out and just, you know, mobility yeah, stuff. So, yeah, so they would knock him out every time, and then uh, he would just go through his whole body. Like he, he could tell that there was like a six inch part on his spine that he could tell was where it was at, where it happened, or yeah. like where the brunt of the he took the brunt of the hit. And um, so he he. Uh, so hold hold up real quick. I know I know we're getting like the profiles about you, but I'm I'm just really intrigued by this. So he would actually yeah. the chiropractor process. He would knock the dog out, and then start manipulating the dog rather than trying to do it while it's still alive. So the dog is essentially knocked out on the table and he's, yeah. that's, that's really interesting. Then he has no, uh, you know, like dogs are fighting back or anything. So he has like, you always just see a lot of videos. These chiropractors will are can re or like adjust the dog when they're not knocked out, I guess you'd say, yeah. but he's just completely limp. So he's able to like just fully, go over the whole body like he would start at the head and work his whole way down both legs both hips um through the spine everything like that and then after he did that he hooked up like the acupuncture um i could probably find the picture here on my phone um yeah but shoot, shoot go, that to me later afterwards if you don't yeah. mind um and so he would put all these like needles and stuff in them and then you hook like electricity to it so it's just like He's just trying to get the nerves going again in his spine. Yeah. That kind of function behind end pretty much. And like you, so he was, he had, I don't know, 20 wires hooked up to him. Wow. Like, and he's just laying flat on his belly with his arms kicked out. And yeah, I did it three times. I, I would say I, I could definitely notice a difference. I mean, I, my vet or my chiropractor in town, like for me, he's like, you'll be surprised what these dogs can do, like just on their own. Um, but I think that just long-term helped. Um, do, you, I've actually do you recall, thinking, do, you, do you mind me asking like how much those, those sessions cost, you know, if somebody's coming out of pocket or did you have pet yeah. insurance or something covering it? So Yeah, I did not have pet insurance. Um, I, I, I don't know if you do, or like, I've been thinking about it. Like there's so many different plans out there just to yeah. have, 
And it's, some of them. It's been on my list to explore bad. on the podcast yeah. for a little while, but uh, I, I've tried two or three different like avenues, and I just hadn't found the right guest and, and manner to cover it. But that's why I'm asking yeah. because it's it's something that obviously I, I get asked quite a bit about it. So I I didn't know if you actually dealt with it yourself. Yeah, no, I not I didn't have insurance, and I would say like obviously the first consultation they they get you for that whatever the wellness check or whatever it is, just the first time a dog's there. So I, I think they were usually average about 260, 300. So they Per were, session. Yeah. Okay. Like it sucked, but it was and like it was an hour away. So I had to drive that too every time. But so a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars got you through the whole whole process with going three or four times. Just for the chiropractor. I yeah. bet his whole accident costs me, I don't know, four or five grand. Probably. Yeah. We yeah, love, the, we love our first, dogs. <laughs> yeah. He, he got like, his leg got pretty cut up. So like the, my vet in town had to do, he had like two surgeries on his, just to like close the open wounds, I guess yeah. pretty much. And then he had tubes in both his legs just to help drain the fluid. And um, yeah, I think that initial, or maybe that was even at the humane society actually. So so not not to hit fast forward on this too much because I do want to want to just get to to your stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's what? It, how did he recover? So like you know you went through all the steps and everything. How did he actually recover? Did you see? Talk to me about the before and after as far as hunting in the field, running stuff like that. Is he is he back to where you can actually hunt him now? Yeah, yeah. So he did. Uh, like if you would have told me in March when he got hit, I was going to be able to hunt that fall. I would have told you you're a big fat liar. Like, <laughs> oh, there's no way I would have believed that, but he got like, he was cruising, man. Like he probably June, July, I had him like trotting again. Um, maybe even late May. And then yeah, August, he was like, I was actually training for a marathon a little bit last summer, uh, before I hurt my own leg. So I didn't, <laughs> I got to like a week out and then I couldn't do it. But, um, he would, I would usually go do like two, three miles with him and then just drop back off of my house and then go finish. But yeah, he hunted like the whole season with me. He was like, if you didn't know he got hit by a car, you would probably never know. Mm-hmm. Like he, he definitely, like I could tell he's got a hitch to his step a little bit and some conditions he's not great in. I tried running boots on him a little bit because his feet got really sensitive. Like um, if he steps on like a pebble or something weird, he does like a, a kick with his hind legs, just like a spasm pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I re- re- tried running those, I can't remember what they are. They're like the rough, almost like little muck boots for dogs. They're the just Lewis like the boots. black sleeves. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yep. Yeah. So I had those, but he just get caught in grass so much. You could tell he was getting so tired. And so I only did it for a weekend and then, um, pretty much just let him let him go after that and he's i mean it's just the monster line too i don't know i got a couple buddies after i got mine they got him too and they all seem to have just a ton of drive and so like he has no stop to him like he'll go all day i had i had a couple very good days the roosters over him this year he's he yeah he no he's phenomenal the only the, the kind of the reason that i ended up getting a puppy earlier is we had one hunt that was uh we had a pretty good snow and it got kind of hard and then, but it wasn't like that deep. It was probably only like eight inches deep, maybe 10 inches deep. And, uh, it was kind of thawing out a little bit. So he was like falling through all of them and he got just super timid. Like he wouldn't, he wasn't running on it. He was just kind of like, it must've like kind of hurt him, hurt his spine a little bit. So he was just 
super timid walking through it. And that kind of was the pushing factor to me getting another dog. Like, yeah. I don't know how many years he is going to have left. If, yeah. Um, and so I wanted to get another one. Just, I'm not going to say he's the best hunting dog by any means, but he's been like for my first dog, I can't imagine a better, a better dog. Like, and that, that's all that matters. It doesn't have to be the best. There's yeah. only one best dog out there, but uh, as long, as, long yeah. as you're, you're going out there, he hunts the way you want and you're shooting birds. That's all that matters. Yeah. So, so let's, let's backtrack. Let's kind of give me a, a hit the high tops on like why you wanted the dog. You just said that you didn't grow up with one and then you got yeah. out of college and you got one. So walk me through like, what was the catalyst? What was your drive? What, what actually made you want to go get a, a bird dog? And then more specifically, what drove you to the small Munsterlander? Yeah. So, uh, grew up up on hunting for sure. Like I did a lot of rough grouse hunting. That was our primary target, I guess. And, um, when I was probably, let's say 13, my dad just, his buddies are going to like a pheasant farm and, um, actually, no, I know it was like 12 or 13. Cause that was like my first, my first shotgun. Um, my dad went and bought me a Benelli super or Benelli Nova, like 20 gauge. And he's like, well, we're going pheasant hunting or whatever. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but cool. <laughs> and so <laughs> And so we went to that and obviously it's a farm and a, like as a kid, I didn't know any different, but, um, but they had people running their own dogs and I just got like infatuated by it. And I didn't, none of my friends had bird dogs growing up either. Really. They all, had, some of them had like labs and stuff, but they weren't like trained at all for hunting. Um, but then as we got through college and stuff, um, a couple of my buddies would start getting dogs and we started pheasant hunting a lot more. Um, and then, uh, that kind of just, I knew I'd want, I knew I was going to have a dog at some point in my life. I just didn't know when I would get one. Yeah. Um, and, and then that, when I was graduated, got my job, um, still there now. So definitely like the company I'm with, it's been a fun, fun experience. Um, but I started doing some research, just kind of like, what kind of dog would I want? I did a little bit of waterfall hunting. Um, not a ton. We're obviously in the Mecca waterfall here. So like it's so shocking how little I do honestly for where I live, <laughs> but, um, I just more of an upland hunter and, yeah. and, uh, but so you know, I just wanted a good versatile dog and that's kind of what I started researching. And then like, there's so many breeds you kind of hear of that you've never even heard of once you start doing research and, um, the month centers has always kind of like stuck out to me, just their, their temperament. And I had nothing to base it off of. And no, there's really no, at the time there was no breeder within five hours of me probably. And, right. Um, and so, yeah, I just started doing some research. I found a breeder out in Michigan, um, Kevin Crowley, uh, Hunter's Moon Kennels. Mm -hmm. He's super knowledgeable. Um, so I started talking to him and I was going to get a dog from him and then, um, whatever, gave him my deposit and everything. And then he had a miscarriage. Uh, so just kind of fluke accident didn't work out, but he's it's like, yeah, I, actually have uh, a buddy that just had a litter and I know he's got at least one left. And I was like, well, you already got my money. You might as well just give it to him. <laughs> um, <laughs> just pass so it, pay it uh, forward. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then he was like, I, I, I still don't know. like to this day, if I, I've only talked to the guy I got the dog from like via email, I always talk to Kevin, like any questions I had, Kevin is just so knowledgeable about the breed and everything. Like I just, any questions I had, I just shoot him a text and he was so good about it. Like, especially if you're not getting a dog from him. Yeah. And so, um, 
yeah, but I was super happy with the breed. I kind of was, I ended up getting my puppy from him just two Again. weeks ago. Cause cool. yeah. Or, and actually got it from him. Yeah. And that was, that was sweet. Like so, we would, drove out there and picked it up. It was a, that's kind of awesome. Cool so, so you found the guy that you, you wanted to, obviously there's a little roundabout way on the first one, but yeah. you know, you came back to him and, and you made the connection. And like we talk about the breeder buyer relationship more often than not, hopefully, you know, people develop a, a long-term relationship or friendship there. Sounds like you did. So walk me through, you finally get the dog and you didn't grow up with a dog. So what was it like kind of wrapping your head around having to train and, and, and work the dog? What was some of the resources you used to figure out how you're going to go about doing that? Yeah. Um, at the time it was kind of his YouTube videos. I mean, I, uh, so at the time, this is, I think you, I don't know if you want to do it now, but I think at one point you asked about like one, one regret was, um, or like with how you brought up your dog. Or yeah, whatever. man. You, if you got a good story on like how we screwed something up or a, a regret well, or a learning curve for sure. Like let's, let's jump on into it. Yeah. Honestly, I would just say the time I put in, like, like I, I did pigeon training. I, did, I wouldn't say I did a ton of it, but like, I can't imagine how good he would be if I would have, like he's in my eyes, he, like he's definitely one of the better dogs. Um, for like my group of friends, like we got, there's a couple buddies that I got Griffons and they're phenomenal and short hairs and springers and stuff. But like for how little training I did it with him as a puppy, cause I did, a, I did a lot of bow hunting too at that mm-hmm. time, like Badlands mule deer. I did a couple elk trips and, and stuff like that. And so I wasn't like all in, I guess you'd say on, on Upland, but I still did a, a fair amount of like, like he's super good on collar and, like recall and stuff like that. And his, his, uh, retrieving is unbelievable. It's insane what this dog does. Like you'll drop a rooster 200 yards away and that thing just cooks, grabs it, brings it right to you. Like (laughs) I always say like his downfall is, is, uh, he will not give anybody a bird, but me, which is great. Not necessarily a downfall. It could be, it could be annoying in the right spots. So I can see where you're going with that, but it is when you got nine people and you're doing a nine yeah. and a half mile push. And I right. we got back to the the truck one time and I had 17 roosters in my pack. And like, <laughs> my back was just like shattering. Okay, I I see where you go. I didn't think about it from that perspective to where yeah. he's also bringing you everybody else's birds. I'm thinking yes. of it from the perspective of bringing your bird to you. That's hilarious. No, if it was just me, that'd be fine. But yeah. When, <laughs> <laughs> when he's weighing me down like that, it's a it's a brutal experience. I, I've, I've had that experience in Arizona to where my my Munstie would go and get get the quail, but they're quail; they're not pheasants, right? So it's like, yeah. all right, you can dump ten in the in the vest, but that's that's hilarious yeah. to where it's just like, all right, man, I'm sick of carrying everybody's weight here. <laughs> yeah, and whatever. Yeah, I don't know. He's just got a crazy drive when it comes to that. Like he's, I, I like I said. I wish I would have just put more time in for like the small things. Like he'll point for sure. Actually, and John or, or Janet out there, she was talking about it one time where I think she has some of her dogs to point and flush. Yeah. And I would almost say that's kind of how he is. Like he'll point for sure, but I wish I would have done more like whoa training and stuff like that with him. Like I, I have no complaints about it. Like he's never flushed one too far away from me where I couldn't shoot it. But it would be kind of nice to be like, that's kind of so my goal. It, it sounds like he's, he's establishing point, And then when you kind of get in the picture, 
he that's when he busts and 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 flushes bird and you shoot it so it's like he's yeah. still working with you but that's ultimately what he thinks he's supposed to be doing at this point yeah 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 and like i said i mean we're talking i'm i'm 10 yards away from him it's not like i'm yeah 40 yards away from him. like he's <laughs> i could not imagine a better first dog mm-hmm. he's been unreal and i mean i got him and i think like four or five of my buddies have gotten monster landed now <laughs> since then my, yeah my like my family my entire family just love this breed like he's so chill in the house like i got friends like they wouldn't even let their own dogs in the house but they let my dogs in the house. <laughs> like he's just a great dog i don't know he's, they're they're a neat breed man they definitely have, they yeah. have some weaknesses of course like all breeds do, oh yeah but, the, but yep. they're they're a cool breed man that, that obviously it sparked uh, an interest in me when i got mine years ago but uh Talk to me. So, have you only hunted pheasants with them, or do you go after sharp tails or huns? I know that know you have a kind of a plethora of birds up in your your region. So, talk to me about yeah. what what all you target specifically. Yeah, I would say the brunt of it was uh, pheasants for sure. Um, but I will say, after his accident, that kind of like just lit a fire under me to get, I was like, if he can survive that, I'm going to get him on as many freaking birds as I can for the rest of his life. Like he went through a lot for that. And it was, uh, I mean, it was a tough time, man, like <laughs> definitely emotional, but, um, yeah, I, I just did everything last year. Like I, I don't know what I do at shields. I'm a bow tech. So I, I just, I've worked on my own archery stuff since I was like 12 and I'm just very comfortable with it. And I, I used to sell there and I just, with my job, I don't want to put that much time in. So now they're super flexible with me. I work like two days a week, maybe. Nice. Um, but I like, as of right now, I don't even have a bow. Like I'm not planning to bow hunt this fall. Um, <laughs> I'm just kind of, especially with the puppy. Like I'm, um, I think her, her name is Bailey Peterson. She was, I think it was on Nick's podcast yep. where she was talking about, she has a, do you know who she is? Yeah. Yeah. She's got a Munsty and I think she runs uh paint river, uh, setters as well. Yeah. Yep. She got three setters, but she was, uh, I can't remember the whole breakdown. Like she was talking about a dog going from pheasants to roughies versus roughies to pheasants. Mm-hmm. And like, and it, how she broke it down made so much sense. I wish I remember what episode that was, but, um, and so he's, I've had him on, um roughies before like nothing even like he's i don't know he's probably got like 20 to 1 roosters to roughies but um my goal with with the new one is to i want to go hard on the roughies this first year and just i I feel like i what she's saying i feel like it will transfer very a lot better like just the the steadiness and and everything like that um that's kind of the goal i guess but definitely primarily pheasants but last year i i ramped up my grouse hunting a lot yeah. i might have to reach um, out to her and, and explore that topic with her a little bit more see if yeah. she's interested uh so so that's kind of your plan with the new pup is is to kind of start on roughs and then go into pheasant is that is that what you ended yeah yeah i think so yeah we got uh we're not too far like my hunting land's two and a half hours away we got so that's a little bit jump but there's some land pretty close to us that um, that I can get on roughies for sure. Um, it's probably hour drive maybe. So I can zip out there after work and just, yeah. just get her like, I already, she's only 10 weeks old, but just went and like moseyed around the woods with her the other day. And she's 
definitely not fearless so, or fearful. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, That's she's really pretty funky for sure. Um, so it, yeah, she's been great. It so- sounds like you got a big group of guys, at least hunting partners, if not training guys. Uh, where where did you come across them? Did you f- join an organization? Or are you going to training days? You know, how did you come about your your little uh, group of buddies to go chase birds with? Yeah, honestly, they're just like lifelong friends. A lot of these guys. Um, so, mod- like handful of the guys I hunt with around town here, um, just yeah, high school friends, and we just still friends and um we hunt a lot together i i really don't have like a solid like mentor i guess you would say um being pete or pete's my older dog uh pete and piper is my younger one now so um but i really didn't know what i was getting myself into and being that i was still doing so much bow hunting and stuff too i I never really got into the navda stuff i Mm -hmm. and like now I plan to with her. And so like, I know there's a chapter about an hour away. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to go to some of those like weekly training things that they do and kind of meet some more people. Like I've, well, I went to a rough Grouse society birds and brew thing not too long ago and met some people, um, at, at that. And so maybe I'll try to connect with them too. They're not the one guy I talked to. It doesn't sound like he, um, or he blatantly said, he's like, she's not, he's got a springer span he's like she's not like a phenomenal bird dog anymore by any means like i just like walking around honestly yeah. but but i'm hoping to go to this navda thing and kind of meet some somebody that i mean i think i got a pretty good grasp grasp on it just from all the videos and stuff i've watched but just obviously there's different angles you can look at and there's a trainer in town too i i didn't know about honestly he's been doing it forever but he did i wouldn't say he advertises like super well um but I was going to reach out to him too and see if I could just kind of come and help out. And, there you go. Go, um, go maybe scrape. Just shadow him for a couple of days or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Just, you know, scrape some kennels and, and help clean some stuff. And it's amazing what trainers will open up. If you save them some time and headache, they'll, they'll, they'll often open up their vault of knowledge uh, a lot of the time. But, so, you know, as as we start wrapping this up, obviously, it sounds like me and you could go down a, a lot of rabbit holes here and tell stories for, yeah. <laughs> for a little while. But uh, so you've been listening to the podcast for a little while. Is it, I ask everybody, you already answered like your biggest regret or, or what you would have changed on your first dog. But the second question is, what what's some of the uh, episodes or topics or guests that you've heard on the podcast that, that may have helped you or you just really enjoyed and, and would suggest or to another listener to, to give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, I would say, um, especially people that maybe are wanting to rough grouse hunt, um, definitely both those and Janner now, or yeah, and Janner now episodes, like it was 44 and one Oh nine. I think I had written down. Um, those are awesome. Like she's, and I don't know, like she's from Wisconsin. So it's just stayed over from me, but they, they relate a lot and they make a lot of sense. Like she's definitely smart about, or she knows her stuff for sure. Like right. Everything she talks about is very, very much accurate. And so those are definitely good ones to listen to. I, I like both of those. And I've listened to some of the ones she's done on other podcasts too. But uh, other than that one, I like even your current Woe series, I've been, that was one thing I wanted to do better with on this new one. So I've listened to all of those and I'll, I'll probably run through them again and 
Yeah, um, so, I've enjoyed them a lot. So what, far. What's been your impression of the the Woe series so far? You know, at the time of we're recording this, I think we just got done with the Barrel episode. So, you know, what what's one that's really stood out, or is there a common thread between the the different types that that's really kind of capturing your attention? So I haven't got fully through that Barrel one yet. Um, God, I don't know, man. That's a good question. <sighs> Like the post one is interesting. There's a lot of aspects there. I wanted to go through and re-listen to that one because I listened to it at work and um, I was just on the road. So I think I missed a couple of like key points he was talking about. But um, really, I think the last one I listened, they're talking about like how you get, there's like a certain time, like their patience or their standing patience. Like, like there's a certain time period that like you have to work through or like break through, like get them to sit their self breaking point. Uh, like, yes. Yeah. Their, yeah. Like their their self release is I think how Martha put it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to work through that. And that was kind of one thing that stuck with me, just be patient and realize that at some point there is going to be a time like that you're just going to break and understandably, but to figure that out and work through that and, and uh, just hopefully get through that, I guess. Yeah. And, for sure. but that, that was probably the one thing just to have the patience through it all and they all of them have good points like they all make sense and just picking one and run with it really yeah. or trying to make a hybrid or something yep well man alex i i, I enjoyed this conversation obviously you know you, you went through uh an experience that hopefully not many people share with you yeah. in terms of dogs running over but it happens and and so you know i enjoyed kind of exploring that and hearing more about what brought you into this and the fact that just the just the impact and impressions that the small Munsterlanders had within your own family and and sounds like your whole core group of friends and stuff like that it's it's really neat so uh you know i appreciate you listening and, and reaching out to us this was a lot of fun but uh you know real quick tell me what what the big plan is this fall do you have a big hunting trip or something to to kind of help uh get piper started and and get pete some of those additional bird contacts you're after yeah um definitely gonna be hitting the rough grouse with a lot early season um and then i don't know somebody actually just yesterday invited me to go to wyoming stage grouse hunting so <laughs> i didn't commit to it or not but that is like a bucket list thing for sure. So, um, as of now, for sure ones, I'm going to do North Dakota, South Dakota. Um, I've never done South Dakota pheasants for whatever reason I've hunted on the border yeah. many times. And so I'm definitely going to do that. And I wouldn't mind trying to go chase them. I think they have some, um, like Bob whites and stuff down there too. So I might go try to pick some of those up, but I really want to do a lot of rough grouse hunting. Like after Pete's accident, let that just like reignited that old yeah well it just reignited the old flame like i have so many good memories with my dad like just obviously not the same hunting style for him but they're they are a fun bird and they're a great eating for sure and um i think that's kind of i would i even thought about driving over to the up like when i picked up piper we um went through chicago got the dog and came back to the up so like it I couldn't imagine seeing that place with leaves on it. Like it was so beautiful driving through there and checking all that out. So that one might happen. I kind of want, I got one buddy that mentioned maybe doing it with me. So he, um, for sure, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, possibly Wyoming and possibly 
the UP roughy trip. There you go, man. That'll keep you busy for the season. Well, I'm glad yeah. Pete, Pete made it through. I'm glad that you're still hunting and, and I'm glad that it kind of refocused you and, and the new puppy will be exciting. So you'll have to keep me in touch and, and how that's going. But uh, Alex, man, I, I enjoyed it and uh, we're going to wrap this sucker up, but uh, we'll, we'll stay in good. touch and, and yeah, man, good luck the, the rest of the year getting ready for the season. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high grade lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again and year go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want if you're considering changing your dog's food soon then be sure to check out yukonuba pro performance their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance they also now have the new puppy formula to help your pups start strong and live active when looking at all the different food options remember yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.